Welcome back to another episode of the Pop Culture Squadcast Interview Edition. In this session, we spoke with comics writer, artist, and inker Andrew Pipoy. Andrew has been working professionally in comics for over 30 years. He's worked for Marvel, DC, Archie, and Bongo Comics, amongst others. He's currently running a Kickstarter campaign for his creator-owned property, Simone and Ajax. Simone and Ajax has been around for over 25 years, and Andrew is working on a collected edition of four new stories, plus extras, and it looks fabulous. We talked to Andrew before the Kickstarter launched on September 14th. It's doing really well, and we certainly recommend it. Andrew and I talked about the series and what he's looking to deliver in this project, as well as his history in comics. We hope you enjoy the conversation. All right. Well, thanks, Andrew. Thanks for doing this. Welcome. Um, Glad to be here. Let's start by talking about Simone and Ajax. So the, there's a new Kickstarter that is live as of the publication of this interview, but even if we're recording it prior to the campaign launch, how long has this new project been in the works for you and what can we expect in the Kickstarter? Well, the, the, there, there's a long, longer answer and a shorter answer on that one. We can, we, we, this is a podcast. It can be as long okay. as you want. Yeah. Well, I mean, to, to give you the short version, I have been planning this for about the last year and really working um, focused on it uh, for much of this year, 2020. Uh, you know, despite, despite the weird things 2020 has thrown at us, I, you know, that, that's been my main project, you know, writing, writing and preparing for this building, all the different websites to go with it. The long answer is that in, in some ways, some of these stories in here are stories I've been wanting to tell for 25 or 30 years since I first created the characters. So, I mean, there, there was a little coming soon thing at the end of the very first uh, Simone and Ajax comic book story I did in 1994 that, you know, showed a little glimpse of a pirate adventure. Uh, and that same image is almost the same image as I'm using here on this story in 2020. So in some ways, this has been something that I've been working on for 25 or 30 years. That's awesome. I'm glad to see it coming there. So, so in the Kickstarter, the, it is for a print edition of the book or is it just digital? What are, what are we looking for? Uh, we're we're going to have both versions of the book because okay. I mean, certainly I'm someone who loves to hold a physical book in their hands. I mm -hmm. still prefer a nice print book, but I know there's a lot of other people out there who are like, oh, if they just take up too much space or they're too expensive or something. So I want to make sure everybody can get it in a form that they, that they want. So there will be a... Um, so there'll be a, a digital edition that you can get with the complete book that everything's in, that's in the main print book you'll get in your, in your digital edition. Uh, and as well, there's also going to be uh, not like every, everybody, whether they pledge for print or digital will get also the digital version. So if you're buying print, you're still going to get a digital copy as well. Uh, okay. And as well, I'm also going to deliver to everybody because I know, you know, this is going to take a few months to actually happen. So I want to make sure that, you know, that, that, that along the way, as I'm finishing things, I'm going to deliver to everybody four digital issues along the way as well. Oh, so that's great. Some, yeah. So they have something to read while they're waiting so they can see, oh no, Andrew's not just sitting there doing nothing and holding onto our money. No, Andrew's actually producing work and, and, and oh, look, I get to read it before I, have, before I, you know, while I wait for the finished book. Yeah. And that's important with Kickstarters that, that, you know, um, you get, you, you deliver to the, to the backers, you know, something along the way, keep them, you know, know that you're, you're there, that you're updating and that, you know, okay, I got this and now I know I'm going to get something else and to get something in multiple, multiple iterations is kind of interesting and good. 
Right, right. I mean, I, you know, it's like people are trusting me. They're putting their faith and their money in my hands, and I want them to feel comfortable with that. I don't want them sitting there wondering what's going on. I want them to be able to see along the way that, no, this is actually happening. This is being produced. And yes, it's going to take until next spring to get that print edition in your hands, but it's, it's, it's happening, you know? <laughs> so. Great. How do you how do you describe the feel of Simone and Ajax, these characters that you love? Um, how do you feel you would describe those stories to someone who hasn't read it yet? Well, I mean, I guess in some ways I would compare them to other things maybe they have heard of. And one of my favorite quotes I've ever gotten on it was from a, a reader comment back on the, uh, the series when it was running on Comic Mix about 12 years ago, uh, which was... Um, uh, the look of an Archie comic, but the sensibilities of a Marx Brothers movie. Um, okay. Yeah, they are, it, it, is, it is fun, zany adventures. Uh, very obviously the artwork is inspired by my number one influence, Dan DiCarlo and other influences like Roy Crane and, and Russell Keaton and people like that. But uh, um, it's, I, tr I try to keep them fast paced, full of jokes, fun, zippy. Um, I mean, some of the other influences would be like, like an, uh, one of the reviewer comments uh, described it as as uh, 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 kind of like bone uh, with some of the best issues of Cerebus or uh, you know uh, or, or I've had other people compare it to Carl Barks uh, Uncle Scrooge Donald Duck comics adventures like that so I'm, I'm, I'm always flattered when that happens I mean I, I, I look at these guys and like certainly you know I mean I look at you know older guys like Carl Barks or younger guys like Jeff Smith and I, I just think their stuff's absolutely incredible so it's very flattering when somebody compares me to them but I guess those are all better known examples of if you like fun silly zany adventure and you like some of that kind of stuff you you, you probably have a good chance of liking this I, I agree with all that I'm gonna I, I wrote down something you know as I was as I was preparing for this and, and you know from my answer as to how I would describe it. And a lot of what you said is kind of in that, you know, it's a very Sunday funnies kind of feel to, to the stories. Cause they're like that little bit of a longer and it extends out into a, a full issue. It very heavily influenced by Archie and peanuts. I, I see some of that in there. Oh yeah. Charles Schultz is one of, was, was the reason I started loving comics as a kid. There's this one little, little dash of like little Annie Fanny. There's this very subdued adult tone in the art. That, that adds a lot. Um, it's it's definitely uh, accessible to anybody, but there's that little bit that just I don't know. I feel it feels a little Andrew in there. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I sort of look at it as like if if it was if Dan DiCarlo could do it in Betty and Veronica, I can do it in uh, Simone and Ajax. But I I don't want it to seem too adult because you know or no. look too adult because and i want not. kids i want kids to be able to read this and, it, and they can but yeah i sort of I, but i but i use sort of dan DiCarlo's betty and veronica as my you know as my level of this this is 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 where it can be art wise okay that, as far as the cute girls and stuff like that and it's it's wonderful it's 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 heartwarming and fun and yeah. and funny yeah. um you know i've read the first couple of stories that you sent me and um from the new one and and they're they're wonderful I, i'm looking forward to, to getting it Tell me about how does it feel like you've done a lot of work in comics. You've worn a lot of different hats. How does it feel to work on this book where you have complete control? That it, is it empowering, intimidating? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's daunting to be, like, especially with this book. I, this is the first time I am self-publishing. 
sure really since i was doing since i was doing fanzines as a kid right um so so it is it is definitely uh intimidating and daunting to be trying to do everything myself and you know i've never had to line up printer quotes and and things like that before i mean but at the same time i mean i was sitting there just thinking the other night it's like i'm really happy making this so it's it it's exciting at the same time because like i said some of these stories i've been wanting to tell for 25 or 30 years and and so it is it is a lot of fun to finally be able to do that and really as, as I have said many times, there is nothing in comics I would rather work on than Simone and Ajax. As much as I've loved some of my other projects, as proud as I am of different things I've done over the years, this is my favorite thing. And this is what I'm most happy doing. And, you know, when, when like lately I just finished up the, the covers for the four digital issues. And in, at the times it was a struggle to try to get what I wanted, but when I got done with it and, you know, being, being an artist, when I get done with something and I look at it, I go, that's not terrible. That's actually very high praise for my own work <laughs> right, coming sure, for me. Sure. <laughs> because, you know, usually I look at my work and I'm like, well, you know, and because you're, you're always your own worst critic. <laughs> right. Sure. I understand that. Just to take, obviously you've just clearly stated that Simone and Ajax is the favorite thing you've worked on in comics, but you've had a very successful career with long runs on projects for both DC, Marvel, Archie. You've done a lot there. Um, it, it's, 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 too much to mention in one thing. Is there? I've been very lucky. Yeah, and talented. Um, well, thank you. Thank is you. is there a work for hire project that you enjoyed most? Without putting anything else down, but what is there something that you enjoyed the most? Hmm. I mean, I could maybe narrow it down to a few. Um, okay. I, you know, but I mean, like, I I'm very proud of the work I did on Fables for ten years. Um, it was it's a really good book, and I felt like I was doing some of my best inking work on there. I only got to draw five pages of the series ever, so I'm not going to count the stuff I actually drew for it. But well, uh, I actually have a note here that I would be remiss if you didn't bring up Fables that I was going to. Um, mm-hmm. It's a very special series to me and, and my wife as well. And your inks over Bucky and everyone else there were just phenomenal. Like I was looking at some of your pages recently and the, the pencils and the inks and what you, what you brought to that page and what was there was just excellent. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I really was happy working on that. And, and I felt like uh, it was a really good fit. And, and uh, you know, it, it's like, as an inker, I look at it as it's my job not to necessarily impose my look on a penciler, but to try to bring out what's best in that pencil mm-hmm. and bring out their look. And so I, I adapt my style uh, to whoever I'm working with. And so, yeah, so it, it, it didn't happen immediately, but certainly after we'd worked together a little bit, um, when I was inking, when I was inking Mark, I did eventually f- figure out what I, what, and we both sort of agreed on what fit him best. Uh, and so, and so I was able to adapt to that. And, and so I really thought I was, I was really happy with what I was doing on there. How often does that type of a, a relationship happen with you as an inker, where you have communication in terms of with, with the penciler that you're working on, what they, what they look for, what they think they can, you know, you can offer to the, to, to their work. You know, how does that work for you? How often does that happen really? Well, I mean, you know, there's a lot of times as an inker, I'm just, you know, inking an issue or two, or even just part of an issue. And in that case, I'm, I probably have no, you know, real direct communication okay. with, with the penciler, but if I'm going to be working on, but, but if I am certainly going to be working on something for a few issues or like a mini series or something ongoing, definitely, you know, whether the editor team, you know, puts us in touch or not, I'm going to 
you know, reach out to that penciler and talk with them because we're, we are a team. Uh, it's it's our, the combination of, of the penciler's drawings and my inks because it's my ink line that's going to get printed, not their pencil line in the end. So I want whatever is that final line that shows up in print to be something we can both be happy with. And so I, I'm very open to hearing from, you know, pencilers what they like, what they don't like, to try to be part of a team and, and bring out what makes them happy. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so, so oh, go ahead. No, go, you go ahead. No, I was, gonna, I was just going to say, yeah, so you, you asked about how often does that happen, and, and it's like, yeah, I mean, I've been very lucky in that over the years, there's a number of pencilers I've worked with a lot, like mm -hmm. Javier, Sol, you know, like Javier Solteros as well, who uh, I probably is second only to Mark Buckingham as far as how many pages I've inked by anybody, uh, or uh, Ron Lim, or James Fry, and people like that, where I've just been very lucky to get to do a number of projects over a number of years with them, and be sort of a team where we get to talk and, and figure out what, you know, what makes it work. Good. Oh, awesome. Um, so besides Fables, is there something else that we were mentioning uh, favorite yeah. projects? Well, I mean, also I was, I, I loved working on the Simpsons comics. Okay. Um, awesome. While that was not one continuous series like Fables was, mm -hmm. um, it, you know, I, I worked on the, on the Simpsons comics line for 18 years. That's a really long time. It is a long time. Yeah, I mean, I starting back in 2000 and all the way up until the very final issue of The Simpsons. I think the last issue that they published in, That's 2000, awesome. in 2018. And that was just something I had so much fun with because they were fun comics. Mm -hmm. like, you, know, that's a, you know, it's like, I like fun comics, which is why with Spoon and Ajax, I'm making fun comics. And so, yeah, with The Simpsons, it was, it, I was, it was a variety of different pencilers over the years, though it really wasn't that wide a number of them there were a lot of people who i was working with from the beginning till the end of 18 years and and uh, uh it, it was just it was just a, a really nice working relationship with the publisher and with uh everybody i was all the pencils i was working with and i just had a great time with them because they were you know it was just like i said it was just making fun comics that's awesome that's great that is yeah. great what what drew you to a career in comics like what me what is what was it this what made it comics that it you wanted to express your art in? I mean, I don't know if it was like sort of a, a conscious choice. It was more of, I mean, according to my mom, I was doodling little superhero things even when I was in first grade or something mm -hmm. like that, you know, watching, watching reruns of the Batman TV show after school or something like that. And, uh, and certainly, I, you know, I was watching the Wonder Woman, you know, TV show and that was on when I was a kid. So I was, I was into superheroes, but it was when um, Superman the movie came out that I really... I, you know, I really liked that. I was, I think it was in fourth grade. I was in fourth grade when that came out. And soon after that, I got really sick and was stuck at home for a while, uh, for a few weeks. And my mom picked up some Superman comics for me, you know, at, uh, at the store and brought them home. And I was like, wow, these are great. And so she went and got me more. And then when I got better, I started going to the store and buying the Superman comics myself. And it wasn't long before I started drawing the super, you know, drawing Superman and other superheroes that I was reading in the comics, you know, mm -hmm. really fourth grade. Um, I know certainly by fifth grade, I was starting to create my own little characters and making, you know, starting my own little comics that, that uh, you know, I usually never got further than three pages into, but I was, I was, uh, you know, starting that as early as fifth grade. And um, it just sort of, yeah, it just sort of happened. I mean, by, by the summer after sixth grade, I published my first fanzine. 
I did That's my first awesome. fin- I did my first finished comic book, and my dad snuck me into his office building, um, so I could use the copier there on a weekend <laughs> and, uh, and and ran ran it off. That's great. You know, and, and and made my first fanzine. So yeah, so it wasn't so much a conscious choice. It's just sort of like it it just it just happened. It just sort of evolved, and and there I was, you know, making comics. That's great. That's awesome. Like you just fell in love with with the comics, as you said. Like, was there a particular comic book story that you said wow that really open said this is this is not just something that is a passing fancy hmm. or a favorite that you made. yeah i mean I, I mean i'm trying to you know the first thing that popped in my mind i don't you know is more like the the I, I mean the first thing that popped in mind it doesn't exactly answer your question but it's like i remember the first story that gave me a hint that there was a real history two comics that I mm-hmm. needed to find out about that there, you know, there wasn't just the new Superman comic. Right. Uh, that, you, that, you, that's a, that's a important piece of, of comic fandom where you realize like someone has once said to me, you know, Oh, these people are in the same universe. They know each other. Like when you get that, mm-hmm. that bolt of lightning. So, so what was it? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, it was like, no, no, that's okay. No, the, uh, there, there was uh if you remember DC started doing digests in, oh, mm-hmm. in the very late, I don't know, it was like maybe 79 or 80 or something like that. The little books. Yeah. The little, di- the little digest comics. And the very first one was this uh, Superman one. It was all reprints of older Superman stories and, you know, had this beautiful Garcia Lopez cover that I've never forgotten, mm-hmm. um, you know, painted, painted Superman cover. And, uh, but, but yeah, the, the stories inside um, were the first time I saw older stories. And, you know, there was, and there was one in particular, there was this, you know, not the 1990s death of Superman story, but this, you know, ima- you know, as they called it, an imaginary story back sure. in the 19, you know, early 1960s of a death of Superman story. And I remember really just that that one just really got to me uh, in particular. And so, yeah, that one opened my eyes to the fact that, oh, there's more than just this month's Superman comic. There's this whole, wor- this whole history. And, and so I was like, wow, now I've got to find out all this stuff. <laughs> Yeah, with me the history, the, like one of the things with that, I had the uh, I had the World of Krypton digest, like the I guess it was a digest of the original of the World of Krypton, uh, the old like three issue miniseries that they did, but they put it in digest form, and I had that, oh, okay. and I was like, oh look at all this stuff that happened back, you know, there, and it was just, you know, you're like, okay, well, there's there's more than just this next thing that comes out and gets thrown away or or kept or you know, right, right, that's awesome. Let's come back to the Kickstarter a little bit. Sure. And it launches on on September 17th. We're, 14th. We're 14th. As, as, as of the recording of this, the plan date is Monday, September 14th at 12 okay. noon Eastern time. And it's a 30-day Kickstarter? 30-day Kickstarter, right. Okay, great. And the as of right now, what we haven't, we don't know what type of stretch goals will be. And hopefully there will be a lot of them, but uh, I'm will, hoping. Yeah, um, we're, we're looking at a 128 page um, comic with four stories. Is that, is that right? Is that? Right. It'll be a 128 page uh, book plus cover. Um, and out of that over 100 pages are new comic stories. And uh, I've already, I've already written, just so everyone knows that I'm not going into this with, you know, with nothing to, to you know, show mm-hmm. you guys. No, I've, I've been working on this for a while. I have written and thumbnailed all hundred some pages of comics. Uh, I have drawn about 60% of it. And about half of it is colored uh, by uh, Jason Millay, who, who's colored any past color Simone and Ajax adventures. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're well along on it. So awesome. it, it, this, is, this is happening. And then the rest of the book, uh, there'll be uh, some, some extra sections in the back showing 
um, you know, maybe things people haven't seen, rarer uh, published Simone and Ajax art that maybe I did for some special publication, or maybe for my Christmas cards, or maybe I did a drawing for one of my friends that, that uh, right. you know. So, so I want to give people some nice rarities that they're not going to be able to get anywhere else. That, that, that's the good stuff. That's the good stuff in there too, you know. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, so there's going to be four stories, as we mentioned. Um, I'll, I'll just tell you real quick about those. So the first story in the book is uh, High Seas Hijink. It's uh, High Seas Hijinks. It's a pirate adventure. I mean, who doesn't love pirates? Right. Um, and so, you know, Simone and Dick's go on a high seas adventure. Um, in the second story, it's called Tremblin' Tumbleweeds. And it's a, it's a Western adventure. I, again, I mean, it's a, yeah, like I can put them in any genre or setting I feel like putting them. That's one of the fun things about them. It is. It is really one of the fun things about, about these characters that it's okay. It doesn't matter that it's, you know, noir or that they're in the old West or they're in, you know, wherever, just what are they going to, what's going to happen to them there? And, you know, and it's, it's interesting. It's fun. It's definitely fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, like, you know, there's a, there's a story I did in the past where they went to Atlantis or another one where Simone needs a job. So she becomes a Valkyrie trainee, um, you know, <laughs> You know, so, and, and so, you know, I, I can do anything I, I want with them, which is one of the nice things. But uh, yeah, so they've got the, 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 the story in the Old West. And then the longest story in the book is called Monster Mia. And in which they meet uh, a vampire and a werewolf and a Frankenstein monster. Oh, and awesome. maybe, maybe some other fun stuff. And there's haunted castles and you know, Transylvania and all that fun, fun kind of thing. I mean, again, it's a, set, it's a setting and genre that everybody knows. And I get to have my fun playing with it. That's great. It sounds, and, sounds fantastic. And there's a fourth. Thanks. Yeah, there's a fourth. Yeah. Right. And then there's a fourth. Um, it's, uh, it's a, it, that'll be a, the shortest story in the book. It's another uh, fast paced uh, Ajax private eye story where I got to do another fun, you know, playing on the film noir. You mm -hmm. know, Ajax puts on his little detective hat and, you know, walks around narrating his own adventure, you know, in a hard boiled detective type thing. And Simone just thinks he's cute and adorable when he does this. So she, just <laughs> follows, she just sort of follows him around during these things. And, um, cause you know, a Ajax does not look particularly, you know, as, as, as you know, does not look very tough, but no, uh, no, no. <laughs> Has issues with fingers as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's it's, it's hard hard to uh, you know hold hold a gat on the on the bad guy when uh, you know there's 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 no hand, no fingers. <laughs> well, sounds fantastic. We're we're really looking forward to it. Um, I don't want to. Yeah, let me tell people. Let me tell people how they can find. Oh, this, absolutely. You know, because even though we don't have the you know even though we don't have the link at this particular moment. Um, I, you know, one of the other things I've been busy working on these recent months while I've been, uh, you know, during this whole shutdown is rebuilding both of my websites, both peepoy.com, P-E-P-O-Y.com and Simone and Ajax.com. And now Simone's with an E, so it's S-I-M-O-N-E and Ajax.com. And um, both of those sites, as soon as we know what the, you know, the Kickstarter link is going to be, um, which should know in the next few days, I will be making that the first thing you see when you go to either of those sites. Perfect. So, so whether, you know, whether, uh, however you want to find it when it goes live, whether you just want to go to Kickstarter and Google Andrew Peepoy or just Peepoy, because there's not a whole lot of us around with that last name. So it's you're not likely to find a whole <laughs> lot of other results or type in Simone and Ajax out, uh, you know, come, and come noon the 14th. Uh, you'll, you can find it that way or just go to either of my websites. And also, uh, the, one of the things I've added now that I've just relaunched both those websites in recent days is you can also now go there and easily subscribe to my newsletter. And of course, I will also be sending out a newsletter at that, at that moment that that 
Kickstarter goes live, that newsletter is also that very first newsletter is going to go out to let everyone know it's out, it's live. And that, you know, and I'm hoping people sign up for it so they can keep up with whatever I'm doing, whether it's Simone and Ajax or something else. Great. And, yeah. and, and, and especially because I'm hoping that this is only the first of many Kickstarters. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that this one, I'm hoping this one does well. I mean, I've set my goal at a, at a you know, reasonable level just so I can make sure this book happens. But if it does really well and I can do more Kickstarters, I certainly want to do more new Simone and Ajax stories, but I'd also love to bring people a collection of all the early black and white Simone and Ajax stories from the 90s that have never been collected, that would appeared in all sorts of oddball little anthology titles here and there and, and one one-shot. It's, it'd be really hard to find all those. So I want, to do a, I want to do a Kickstarter collection of all of that so that in the end, you can have in three nice books, everything that I'd ever done with Simone and Ajax. And then we'll get working on the fourth. That sounds great. That yeah. sounds great. Plus, plus, plus other projects. Also, anybody who's listening can go to the info section of this podcast and there is a link there to the Kickstarter as well. So you should be able to find that there. Thank you for doing um, that. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. And on also, if you don't have it there, whatever, if you go to popculturesquad.com and you find the, the text version of the interview, it'll be on that page as well. Okay, great. And, and I just want to also, you know, want to say to anyone listening, I, I really, pre, you know, an advanced thank you for at least considering my, my, my project. I hope you'll take a look. I hope you'll back it. And even if you look at it and you think it's not quite my cup of tea, I'm hoping you'll, you know, maybe pass it along to your friends because uh, the only way I can make this happen, and this is something I've been, like I said, I've been dreaming of for decades in some cases. The only way I can make this happen is by helping get the word out there. So any, I, am, I am grateful for anything anyone listening can do even if it's just passing along the mention of this to some friend who, who you think might like it. And I will, I will be very grateful for that. And, and, and so thank you in advance. That's awesome. And we will do that. And thank you so much for doing this. We're looking forward to Simone and Ajax and everything else you do. And I know where I'm going to be subscribing to the newsletter. So I'll look forward to seeing what else is coming down the pike. Okay, great. And thanks for taking the time to do this, Bob. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Hey, that sounds like a great project. Thanks for listening. Check out peepoy.com for more of Andrew's work past and present and go and back Simone and Ajax on kickstarter.com. I want to remind you to be sure to like and follow us on our social media platforms. It's the best way to keep up to date on all of our columns, reviews, and articles. Reminder, we are Pop Culture Squad, one word, at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast delivery platform so that you can hear all of the interviews as they're published. As always, the intro and lead-out music for this podcast is Pray for Rain by Space and Time Band. See you later, and thanks for listening.